This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. Oh, hello. Oh, my God. I am so excited to be up here today. Uh, <laughs> I want us to um, get up uh, as we, you know, pray and um, hear God's word. I want to talk today uh, about something I've titled On Your Marks. And um, it comes from, you know, being on your marks, get set, let's go. How many of us are ready? On your marks, get set, we're going. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word um, that we're about to get, get into. We thank you because you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to speak through me. I'm only an instrument. I thank you because you're going to speak to each and every one of us. You're going to reach out to each and every one of our situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. What does it say? Are we there? Fantastic. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded. Is that NLT? Fantastic. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses uh, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Every weight that slows us down. Let's strip it off. How good is that? Every weight that, that stops us, that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How many of us know that there's a race that has been set before us by God? You know, he's the master creator and he set a race before us. And that's what this is saying to us. Therefore, let us run run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Amen. How good is that? Hey, amen. You know, endurance is a very uh, important part of our lives when when we do life you know things will happen in our lives and sometimes we're so impatient and we don't we're unable to endure the pain that life throws at us i remember a word and i th i think i've seen someone put it on social media a few times when life throws you lemon is, is that is that something Lem lemonade something something about lemons anyways uh, uh when life throws you lemon drink lemonade whatever what, however that 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 is i don't know but you know in other words it's trying to say hey when life throws you whatever get up and keep going hey you know get up endure it because endurance is a key aspect of any race that i said before you if you look up at a a, a a world cup or any olympic championship the cup or whatever is there those guys those cups are displayed so that they can see and so that when they start on your marks get set they go the cup keeps them going keeps them on track and they keep going they endure the pain even if they had a bruise somewhere they just keep going i gotta win i gotta win right they keep going they endure the pain they might have a cramp how many of us have had cramp before it, it hurts it keeps you down for a bit until you get your blood flowing through that area again right but hey you just keep going uh, and these guys keep going until they reach the final, the finish line. They endure it. And that's what God did, right? That's what Jesus did. That's what the Bible is saying, that he endured the cross. Because the cross came with a lot of pain. It came with a, ro a lot of smacking, a lot of, you know, nailing, and a lot of uh, uh, bitter water. You know, what was that drink they gave him? Vinegar. 
How many of us can just go in our house and just get vinegar and just pour it in a cup and just drink it up? Nobody. But they gave him that, you know? And he endured all of that. And what, what's happening to him now, he is now, you know, sitting at the right place uh, in honor besides God's throne because he endured. There's a race that's set before all of us. And the master minder, the master player, the master creator has set a race before us. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 5 to 9. Let's try and marry these two scriptures together. Keep in mind what the other uh, writer says. Hebrews talks about, you know, keeping your eyes on Jesus, okay? Keeping your eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now, let's go to Samuel, First Samuel chapter 18, verse 5 to 9. Are we there yet? Coming? You got your Bibles? Everyone's got their Bibles? Awesome. I can see some charged up batteries, some charged up phones and, you know, Bibles. Cool. Okay, First Samuel chapter 18, verse 5 to 9. It says, whatever Saul gave David to do, he did it and did it well. So, so well that Saul put him in charge of his military operations. Everybody, both the people in general and Saul's servant, approved of and admired David's leadership. As they returned home after David had killed the Philistines, the women poured out, poured out of all the villages of Israel, singing and dancing, welcoming King Saul with tambourines, festive songs, and lute. I don't know what lute is, but I just think it's a flute without the F. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they, they welcomed him with flutes and tambourines in playful folic, obviously partying, women like partying, you know, put some music and you see some rolling of the bombs and things like that, especially Africans. But anyways, in playful uh, frolic, the women sang, saw kills by the thousand, David by what? The ten thousands, right? And then he says, this made Saul angry, very angry. He took it as personal insult. He said, they credit David with 10,000 and me with only thousands. But before you know it, it will, before you know it, they'll be giving him the kingdom. From that moment, Saul kept his eyes on who? David. He kept his eyes on David. Remember the end of the last one we read? Uh, 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 the Bible talks about keeping your eyes on who? Jesus. But Saul kept his eyes on Jesus or David? David. Praise God. You know, uh, uh, the Bible talks about, about us keeping our eyes on Jesus, not on anybody else. But we see at the end of Samuel, of this chapter, at the end of verse 9, that Saul took his eyes away from God and put his eyes on who? David. And that's what we see in our, in, in, in our everyday life today, including myself. We find ourselves, ourselves taking our eyes away from the cross, away from the race that God has called us and putting our eyes on somewhere else. We are actually, you know, I look at it as God, you know, you, you, how many of us have been to a racetrack before? <laughs> Everyone's got their own little corners. You can't get on anybody else's corner, else you'll be disqualified, right? You will be if you get on someone else's one, unless it's like, I don't know, the relay one where you go and then you finally can get on one line. I don't know what that is. But anyways, every one of us have got our own, you know, tracks. And looking onto somebody else's track will take you away from your focus on Jesus. 
It will. It will. And that, uh, that happens a lot when we start to compare ourselves with somebody else. We start to compare ourselves with another person. We start to compare our lives with them. Whereas each and every one of us, Hebrews tells us that each and every one of us have got our own story that God has set before us. So your story is different from my story. My story is different from your story. We cannot all be doing exactly the same thing, else life will be boring, right? So if God has called you to be a singer, I don't have to be a singer. You go and be your singer. I'll just stay here and be a drummer, right? If God's called you to be an accountant, you go ahead and do your accounting. I'll just stay here and be a nurse, what God has told me to do, right? If God's called you to be a preacher, you go ahead and do your preaching. I don't need to copy you, else I'm taking my eyes away from the calling that God has called me and fixing my eyes on you. And I, when I was, you know, reading and, and, and trying to spend some time thinking about the concept and content of this, I thought about the M4 and how I drive on the M4 most of the time. And I think about you know, driving, and I just want to keep going. I hate slow. I hate it. Anyone get in the car with me, they know that I don't like slow. I just want to keep going. I don't like 50 zone. Sorry, I don't like 40 zone. Thank God I passed my driving test. God knows that I hate 40 zone. But, you know, and that's the only time they give you. They give you that time because they want to check that you're safe, right? They want to check that you will be okay driving on 40 because people like me just want to keep cruising on. Uh, anyways, I get on the M4 and I'm seeing all of these guys going and we're all going and all of a sudden there's a standstill on my lane, my own lane. Why are you, why are you standing still? And then I look on the other side, they're moving. What's going on on my lane? Is there an accident in front? Everything is going up in my head. I'm looking at the time. You know, time is raising. I've got this appointment. I need to get there on time. What's happening? And then I try my best to get out of my lane and get onto their lane. Now, if I'm not very careful with all the experience in my pocket, by the way, I've never lost a point, even though I love driving fast. Um, with all the experience in my pocket, no matter if I'm not careful, I will get into the other person's lane. If I don't look at my blind side, I don't look, do my entire turning, because people do fail if they don't look, if they don't turn the whole way around to ensure that there's no car coming, I will hit and I will crash into someone else, right? I will hit and crash into them. And that's what happens when we try to get into someone else's lane. We either crash onto someone else or they crash onto us. Because God has set us, God has set a path for us. God has set a story for us and he's called you to be who you. You need to do you and not do me. Because when you do me, you're wasting your time. You're using up a lot of energy where you do me. Because we are two different people. We're not the same. My husband, I'm married to him, and he says two will become one. But guess what? We're not the same. He thinks differently. He's a slow thinker. I'm a fast thinker. He just wants to take time processing. I'm like, get it done, babe. Come on. Action. You know, speaks louder than words. I'm tired of wording. Let's just get it done. But hey, you know, we're all different, and we come together. We complement each other. I don't need to do you, boo-boo. You do you, and I will do me. You know what I mean? Let I would do me. I just want to do me, myself, and I because that's where God has called me to be. Praise God. But you just find that we are always trying to copy each other. We're always trying to compare ourselves with each other. And we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We use up a lot of energy. And I, I, I was thinking about running. And you know when the Bible talks about run this race, you're running a race. And I'm, I thought about the treadmill. You know when you get on the treadmill? How many of us have been on the treadmill? You've been on it? You, 
You don't like exercising? No one likes exercising? No, but you like exercising? Oh, awesome. Back to my point, when we spend time comparing ourselves with someone else's life, we are just like somebody on a treadmill. When we spend time doing other people's lifestyle and running their race, setting our lives with their race, running their pace as well, we are actually like someone on a treadmill. What are we doing when we do that? On the treadmill, you get on it, you put like 30 seconds, you're going, Oh, I can do this. No worries. Let's keep going. And then you do one minute. You increase by the tempo. And then you just keep going. You're sweating it out. But are you actually moving? You're in one spot. You're not moving at all. You're in one spot. And that's what happens when we compare our lives with someone else's life. We do their own story. We do their own calling and not our calling. We are using up a lot of energy. We're sweating it out, comparing our lives with their life and wanting to be so much like them and not sticking to our own calling. We end up being in the same position. It's almost like the Israelites. When God said, you guys have got 40 days to move, they spent 40 years going round the around the garden like a teddy bear, one step, two step, tickles on the day because they just did not get it right. And we as Christians do that all the time. And my business this morning is just to encourage us, hey, find your calling. And some people feel like, I don't have a calling. I don't know if I have a calling. Guess what? You have a calling. Touch your pulse. Is it moving? Is it beating? Is it doing something? It is doing something. Therefore, you have a calling. Tell God, God, what is my calling? Tell me what my calling is. And if you don't know, spend some more time with some godly people. They'll tell you what you're good at, and then you just need to stick to that. And guess what? A career is different from a calling. Do you know that? Some people feel like, oh, my God, uh, my career is so important to me. But guess what? Your career, you do it because you need something. And for you to get to the, 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 the top of your career, you need to actually... Spend some time educating yourself to get to the peak of your career. But when it comes to your calling, no matter how much time, you know, uh, uh, there is, whenever you step into your calling, you come out of it feeling like, I feel so good because I just did what I enjoy doing. Do you know that? Do you know that? For example, I spent for the past two weeks with what I'm studying right now, you have to do Placements. How many of you have heard about placements? I call it slavery. I call it suffering. It annoys me because I feel like I'm too old for this to be doing placement for somebody for free. And guess what? With this course I'm doing, I gotta do 800 hours of placement for free. For free. It's so annoying. I, I can't express how annoying it is. But I have to do that. Because I want to get something. We, uh, on Saturday, we had our rise. I finished on Friday. I couldn't feel my legs anymore. I couldn't feel my waist anymore. I was saying to my husband, I don't think I can stand. My legs are like jelly right now. They just want to go down by itself. I can't hold it up. But I came up here on Saturday, and I could stand like, oh, my God. I had energy from nowhere because it's my passion, it's my calling, it's where God has called me to be. So I can never ever get tired of where God has called me to be. You get that? So do your calling, do your calling. If God's called you to be a teacher, do it. If you feel like I'm good at teaching, go and 
teach. Don't call yourself, when someone asks you, oh, I, I, you know, what do you do? Uh, I'm just a teacher. No, you're not just a teacher. You are a teacher who is impacting lives with so much more than that, like what Jesus would do, the way Jesus would teach them. That when your students come out of the class, they're looking like, oh my God, that's the best teacher I've ever had in my entire life. Praise God. So comparison is not okay. It will steal your joy. It will steal from you. It will steal everything that you're supposed to have as a child of God. So I will encourage you not to compare yourself with somebody else. When you stand on your race, uh, I, I'm thinking about Hussein Bolt right now. When he gets on there, on your marks, get set, go. He just keeps going. I don't think I ever see him looking on the sides. Do you ever see him looking on the side? No, he just keeps going because he's got, he's, he's got a goal. He just wants to go, get through, and get the cup or the gift or the whatever he gets at the end. I don't see him like Saul taking his eyes away from the cup. He keeps his eyes on the cup. But guess what? We see what Paul, uh, 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 Saul did because David um, had defeated the Philistine. What did Saul start to do? Saul started to feel a bit jealous. Should we say that? Jealous? Because all of a sudden, David's name is all over the place. He starts to compare his life with David. He brings himself down. Remember Saul is the king? Is the king, but the king brings himself down to the, uh, uh, the level of, you know, his follower. That at the end of the day, he's, he's feeling jealous. He's feeling intimidated. He's feeling, why would this lady start to praise, you know, uh, uh, David and not me? They're giving, they're giving David 10,000 and giving me, no, they're giving him 10,000 and giving David Tens of thousands. So he starts to compare himself because David is all over the world now. David is on the internet. David is on social media. He's on Facebook. He's on Twitter. He's uh, on Instagram. Everyone, every child is wanting to have, to, to, have, to go to David's show. Uh, uh, and then all of these guys that produce sneakers like fields or fillers or whatever it is, you know, they've, they've produced something and they've written David on it. David is all over the place. David is all over the place. He's on, the, he's on ITV or CNN. He's all over the place. And, and Saul is thinking, what is going on? Why am I feeling like, you know, this man is taking my place? But Paul started to feel like that because he started to compare himself with David. He started to have the but me attitude. What about me? This person has got all of these things. What about me? And when you start to do that, you crash into them. When you start to do that, you find that you're just settling in one place. You're using up more energy than you're gaining. The energy that you should use to, to get your life together, to get your vision together so you can move forward, you're using it on someone else. You're using it to compare your life with somebody else. Praise God. God has made us to be so perfect. We don't need to, we don't need to compare ourselves with anybody. All the pieces of our lives are so together. We don't need to compare our lives with anybody and ask God, why is this particular piece of my life not together? God has already made sure you have everything. It's all within your reach. It's all within you. You do not need any extra pieces. When he made you, what does the Bible say? When he made you, he breathed on you. What did he call you? You're beautiful and you're wonderfully made. That's what he said to you. So you don't need to. Let's go very quickly to... 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 
let's see what the Bible says about comparing ourselves with somebody else. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Are we there? Beautiful. It says, we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class. You don't have the audacity. Audacity, what, what does that word mean? don't have the right to put yourself in the same position, in the same class, or compare ourselves with some, someone, someone else, or, or who, uh, someone else's testimonials to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. That's what the Bible is saying. In other words, you comparing yourself with someone else is saying you're cray-cray for doing that. It's saying you should not, don't compare yourself with anybody. You have no right to compare yourself with anybody. It doesn't make sense. That person is a fool if they compare themselves with someone else. Be content on who you are. Be content with who God has called you to be. Be content that you're tall and God has made you tall. Be content that you're short and God has made you short. If you've got some extra flesh around you, be content with it. If God has called you to be a dancer, he would have given you more rhythm. So if you're not getting those rhythms, then stop comparing yourself with someone else that have got all the rhythms. Be content with where God has called you to be. Be content with who, where you're from. I'm African, I'm brown, I'm chocolate, and I'm proud of it. Be content that that's who you are. I've got lots of Australian friends, lots of British friends around me, and guess what? We call each other cookies and cream. We're proud of it. We're proud of who we are. If God wanted you to be Italiano, he would have called you through the Italian world, through the Italian country, and, you know, you'll be speaking Buenos Dias or whatever the language is, you know, you will speak the language because that's where God has called you to be. So be content with who you are. I don't need to change my color. I don't need to change my size. I don't need to change anything about me to please anybody because I don't want to compare with you. I have my life. I have my calling. And this is where God has called me. And I will stay on my lane. And I'm not getting angry because someone is comparing myself with them. I'm not getting angry because that's what we find out sometimes. We get angry. You know, if God's called you to be anything, stop complaining about those pieces because it's all within you. It's all in you. Let's go very quickly to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. What does it say, um, 10? Are we there? Beautiful. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. What did he call you? Masterpiece. He's put you together so beautifully. Masterpiece. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You are perfectly made by him. He says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us to do long ago. Praise God. He has created us to do those good things. So come on. You're God's masterpiece. I'm not comparing with you. Please do not compare your life with me. Because comparing your life with me would just give you so much headaches and pain. We don't need that. We don't need a social media. Social media. You go on Instagram, me, me, me. It's all about me. Yeah, these, these are the but me kind of people. You're blind. I can't see nothing anymore. I'm about to fall off the, the, the stage. God help me look. I'm about to fall off because it's all about me, 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 me. I don't care about anybody else. Whatever, me, 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 me. Everything else is going well for other people. How about me, 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 me. You know, but me attitude. But me attitude needs to get out the door so that we can stay focused and stay on our lane where God has called us to be. Because but me attitude will take, will take us nowhere. 
Praise God. So stay on your lane. Your family is not together right now. You know, you're feeling like everyone is scattered all over the place. Hey, it's your time to say, God, I need us to be together. I'm not comparing myself with a family that is together. No, I don't want to compare myself with anybody that is doing so well because that's coming from a heart of jealousy. That's coming, you know, people that has that but me attitude. They, they, it's so hard for them to compliment other people. It's so hard. They can't compliment you. They can't say, wow. You guys are looking so good. I'm so proud of how far you've come. No, it's always but me. But they, they smile at you, but it's always like, oh, how about me? How about me? How come they have all of these things going on and I don't have it? But me attitude. We need to kick that out the door as children of God so that we can move forward. We can grow in where God has called us to grow. We're moving. We're not like those people that stuck on the treadmill. We're, we're going. We're using up so much energy, but we remain in one spot. We don't want that. We want to use up the energy and move forward and grow in Jesus' name. Are we good? Did I make sense at all? Can we get up? God bless you guys, and I hope... Uh, I spoke some sense uh, this morning to a few people that need to stop comparing themselves, their lives with someone else's life. You've got the best that God has given you. You've got the best. Your name is that. Your nose is like that because God wants your nose to be like that. Your eyes is like that because God wants your eyes to be like that. Your ears are sticking out so beautifully because God wants them to stick out beautifully. So do not compare yourself with anybody. Don't compare because comparing yourself with anybody is just going to steal your entire life and bring so much pain and jealousy in things that God does not want to be in you so bring yourself bring it back in think about everything we you know think about do a reflection and think about who am I racing with you know you need to just think about that for 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 some time who am I racing with why am I why am I doing this I feel like I'm running around in circles who am I racing with I want to enjoy this moment for this moment in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you and increase you. Anyone wants us to pray with them to this morning, please fill up that prayer point right there and, and let's pray with you. There, there will be a prayer team at some point who will just pray with you about your life and just you staying focused on your lane and not comparing yourself with anybody. Okay? God bless you. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.